Hey, everybody, this is Don Newman, and this is Living a Life Worth Remembering. Uh, this show has always been dedicated to help people live a life that would continue to live on even after their own lifetime has ended. It's about leaving a legacy. And I'm so excited today for my special guest, someone that I have uh, just respected for years that's influenced uh, so many lives. Many of you that are listening today may have been influenced uh, by his ministry, his writing, his podcast. Uh, but my guest today is Dr. Mark Rutland. He's the founder of Global Servants. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's an educator. And I want to say that educators like with a big E. Um, he's a charismatic leader. He's a businessman. He's a nationally recognized figure in Christian higher education. And Dr. Rutland has been married to his wife, Allison, for more than 50 years. He lives in Atlanta and he's had a great influence on so many lives. Welcome to Living a Life Worth Remembering, Dr. Rutland. Thank you, Don. Thank you for that extravagant introduction, too. It's nice <laughs> to be with you. It's great to be with you this morning. And uh, you know, as we kind of talked earlier, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that has been influenced by your ministry. You know, I think of, uh, I met a, a college student a long time ago. I'm in publishing now and I work with different authors and stuff. And uh, I was talking with a young girl that uh, was still involved with ORU and she just spoke so highly of the influence of you and how much she loved you when you were there. But I've heard stories like that from so many people. Uh, even uh, this weekend, talking to my own pastor, which you may remember, uh, Kevin Craig, who, oh, sure, uh, sure. yeah, Kevin was just telling me stories of you uh, when you were an evangelist, uh, a Methodist evangelist back in the day. So uh, just a great, great influence. But one of the things I wanted to ask you to share and, you know, obviously share uh, how as much as you want to share of this, because I think it's so impactful. Uh, many of you uh, that maybe have never met Dr. Rutland or you've not heard him speak, uh, he has, uh, I think, over 20 books, uh, maybe more than that, but they're, they're very influential books uh, on leadership. But uh, there's one book that is called Hanging by a Thread, and it talks about his testimony early in his life. And this morning, when I was even praying about this, I felt like there's going to be someone listening to this that you need a point in time to turn things, to pivot things. And maybe you've been battling discouragement. Maybe you've been battling depression. I don't know. But Dr. Rutland has an incredible testimony. There are places that uh, we'll share later where you can go and see the full testimony. But I wanted him to, to share a little bit about his story, about his life, and share that testimony of where God just radically shifted his life, because I think it is so relevant uh, to today. So Dr. Rutland, just uh, share a little bit about that testimony. Yeah, thank you, Don. I appreciate it. Um, just, just for clarity for your uh, viewers and listeners, uh, the book that you're referring to is actually called Launch Out Into the Deep. Um, Hanging by a Thread was a book later on uh, about a different subject, but... Um, and I, and I think Launch Out in the Deep is still around. It's the first book I ever wrote. Mm. So it's 30 years old now, but um, I, I hope it, I think there's still books around that people can get if they would like to have it. Yeah, the, um, my progress into leadership and ministry was pretty predictable. It was pretty standard. I felt called into the ministry. I was, I grew up in a Methodist family, not dramatically Methodist, but nominal. 
Methodists, and uh, then um, feeling the call to the ministry. The only the only ministry I understood was being a Methodist pastor. I just <laughs> I, I didn't have any frame of reference wider than that. So um, I finished at the University of Maryland. My wife and I came to Atlanta to finish a, an MDiv at at uh, Emory University, and then went into the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church. And everything on the outside seemed fine. It was a you know your standard Methodist pastor um, preaching every Sunday morning in a robe and moving forward in progress. I was getting good appointments and getting good reviews. It was going fine. But inside, though, I was struggling with uh, advancing depression. Uh, I could feel it. I hid it with, in a lot of ways. I self-medicated it. Um, our marriage uh, grew more and more tense, as one can imagine. And uh, so there was this outward ministry appearance of a sort of a standard Methodist kind of ministry. And then there was this inner darkness and a sense of frustration and failure and, um, and depression that was getting more and more aggressive. I could feel it. Suicidal thoughts. Uh, and then finally, um, a suicide attempt on Thanksgiving afternoon, uh, 1975. And uh, there's no need to go on and on about it all, but it was, it was, my life was unraveling and I could feel it. My wife and I were both waiting for the other one to say divorce. And uh, we were just hanging by a thread, to use your phrase. And then uh, the first week of December 1975, I got invited, uh, actually forced to attend. I was the associate pastor at a large Methodist church in uh, suburban Atlanta. My lead pastor uh, paid my way to attend and required me to attend a conference on the Holy Spirit for Methodist ministers. No laymen were invited. And uh, I was extremely adversarial toward the charismatic renewal movement. And uh, all my friends, we had charismatics in our churches like termites. We didn't know what to do with them. We were running them off. <laughs> and uh, we didn't understand the movement or anything about it. But at that, at that meeting, uh, Dr. Alf Wilkerson from Melody Land Christian Center in Anaheim, California, he, he spoke, and there I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit December the 5th, 1975. It was the watershed moment in my life. Everything in my life is before December the 5th, 75, and after December the 5th, 75. It changed everything. It changed ministry. It changed preaching. It changed the direction of my life. It, it transformed our marriage. Now we've been married 55 years. And um, soon after that, my wife received the Holy Spirit. So the, for us, the, the empowering, transforming moment was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, it needs to be said, that doesn't mean every battle is over with. It doesn't mean every failure turns to overnight success. It means that the direction of it began to change. Mm. And uh, I had some ongoing struggles with depression uh, on even after that, never at that suicidal level. And then I think the last major struggle I had uh, with it was uh, probably in 19, uh, uh, late 19, uh, middle, middle to late 1990s. 
And frankly, since then, it's just been a really a wonderful sense that that is all together behind me. Anybody that's ever struggled with depression, they, they can tell you, Don, it, a lot of people think depression means you feel bad because something is going bad. But actually, it's, a, it's an inexplicable cloud that settles in on you. It doesn't have anything to do with circumstances. Everything can just be going outwardly great. And you suddenly feel like you're sinking into a well. And, um, and so I struggled with it, but thanks be to God, uh, I would say that that um, that seems to be at this at this old age, it seems to be entirely behind me, and I give God the glory for victory over it. Well, I think the the powerful thing, and I thank you so much for sharing that and uh, the times you have shared it, because you know um, it, it. To be honest with you, I was listening to your testimony at Brownsville yesterday. Oh. And uh, my wife and I were listening to it, which is powerful, but there were points that were hard to listen to. Yes, I'm uh, sure. And, They're hard uh, to tell. Yeah, I can only imagine. But, you know, how many people are going through things and they need that voice? I, I want to move on to your book, but I, I, I think so many things tie into this because as I was, I was listening, you know, I could think of people, I won't name those people, you may know those names, but... Um, you know, of people that they were successful in, um, in taking their life. And, yes. you know, and as I'm reading your book, and I want to get into that, I thought about Lord Jesus, let, let, let the prophetic voices that the real ones, you know, come that can speak in and give hope. And, and your testimony, because you're so real, and you've gone through it, and you know, and it's real to the point that, yes, I was delivered from this, but I still battled it. That's a powerful testimony to people, and especially those, whether they're in business leadership or ministry leadership, that would say, I'm ashamed of this. I don't know who to talk to about this. Uh, so that's why I wanted to start this off by you sharing that, because I just think that there's going to be someone, I know there's going to be someone listening to this that is battled, and maybe they'll go and listen to the testimony or you know, obviously I want to encourage them to pick up your book because I just think it is full of things, but uh, I think it's well, very, very relevant. I'll tell you two things. It's very important. Maybe this is the most important thing I can say in this Zoom. To have the victory doesn't necessarily mean the end of all struggle. And to have struggle doesn't mean you don't have victory. That's, that, that's critically important. I, it's not the book you wanted to interview me about today, but I wrote a book a few years ago. It's a very big seller for us um, called The Courage to Be Healed. It's, it's not really about physical healing. It's about the, the healing of damaged emotions, inner healing. And it is my conviction, and hence the title, that with emotional healing, the number one variable in who gets healed and who doesn't is not faith, it's courage. And so I would just admonish people who are going through struggles, have courage, yes, faith, but have courage, face the reality of what it is, and remember that the struggle doesn't mean you're losing. Well, it's, it's the next book that I'm going to be reading after I finish uh, this book. And uh, boy, of kings and prophets, and guys, we're going to, I know I'm showing it here, but we'll put up a link at the end and Dr. Rutland's got a copy there too. Um, I, I got this book um, and I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what really to expect. 
Uh, Dr. Rutland is a great biblical teacher. And so I knew there was going to be great teaching in it, but um, I haven't been able to put it down, but I'm still working through it because I'm, I write in my books. I take notes. I make little notes to myself. And uh, the thing I felt was, I said, this is, this is like getting a great biblical uh, higher education, but it's not complicated. Thank you. It, it is like, uh, I feel like I'm learning stuff. Like I, I made the connection between Abraham and that choice of, you know, the king of Sodom and Melchizedek. Mm. I mean, like I had seen that, but I'd never made that connection of how important Good. that decision was. But uh, it's a great book. But Dr. Rutland, why don't you share a little bit about the book and, and why you wrote it? Well, the book was sort of a natural follow-up to a previous book. One of my biggest sellers ever was a book called David the Great. It was the life and leadership of King David, and that book exploded and uh, still sells a lot. But of course, you can't consider the life of David without considering at least two prophets that encountered his life, Samuel and Nathan. So they they are a small part of this book of, of Kings and Prophets. It's not a, it's not a sequel but it was sort of a natural outgrowth of that as I became more interested in the friction or tension, if you will, between kings and prophets. What I wanted, Don, was to write a book about the, the intersection between supernatural authority and secular power. So the supernatural authority, the authority of heaven, represented by the prophetic voice and secular power represented by kings, kings, politicians, leaders, celebrities, uh, the kings of the earth. And, and that's what I wanted to write about. And the laboratory, I could have written about it theoretically or, or philosophically, I suppose, but I wanted to use a biblical laboratory. So I chose the, the, the intersection between prophets and kings in the Old Testament. Hmm. Wow. I, there's so many powerful things that are within there. And I think as I was reading it, you know, what I had said earlier to kind of elaborate on that is it made me want to say, let me be very sensitive to the prophetic voices in my life. Um, you know, like if I was to, you know, if, if you said list the name of or, or who are the prophetic voices in your life, I'd have to say my probably first outside of the Holy Spirit, and of course the Word of God, is my wife. Good. I can't tell you how many times she's been right. <laughs> yes, I remember Erwin McManus saying, my wife's other name is Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but because, and, and I'm a lot better now in my 50s than I was in my 20s, but uh, because of eventually learning that I've learned that there's no better counsel than the counsel of, of my wife as God is speaking through her. But, you know, I thought about the importance. Would you tell that story uh, that I thought was so powerful that I had never heard before? And I'm a, I'm a historian. I love history. And I love what you said about, look, we're not dishing the founding fathers because they had faults. Mm. Uh, but, um, you know, tell that story of George Washington uh, and uh, Francis Asbury and Thomas Coke, because I just thought that was so powerful. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, it is actually a, a powerful story, and it has a kind of bittersweet feel to it. 
um, you, you kind of, it, it's kind of a wince story, frankly. So uh, George Washington writes in his diary of this little brief uh, note. He says, last night I entertained at Mount Vernon uh, two men, uh, a Methodist minister named Francis Asbury and a physician named Thomas Koch. After dinner, they left. That's all he says. In Francis Asbury's journal, he says, we went last night and had dinner with General Washington at Mount Vernon, and we appealed to him to sign our petition to make slavery against the law in the new United States, and he declined. So what, what one is left with is this, is this kind of shocking what if. What if George Washington had signed that petition? What if he had gone down the road to, to Jefferson's plantation and said, look, Tom, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's free our own slaves and let's shut this thing down. This is a wicked, abominable practice. Let's not, let's not tie this into the founding of the country. We're talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let's, let's do it. They didn't. I'm, and I make it clear in the book, I'm not one of those revisionist historians that's trying to, you know, to talk about what a horrible country we have. We have the greatest country in the world, and I honor the memory of George Washington. He wasn't, he was a great man. He wasn't a perfect man. And everybody has flaws. And his flaw was his, that he couldn't see past an accepted cultural philosophical reality in his in his contemporaneity, he couldn't get past it. But Francis Asbury could. That's the prophetic voice. Mm. And he, he was making this prophetic appeal. If George Washington had listened, if Jefferson had listened, think of the hundreds of thousands, not thousands, Don, hundreds of thousands of American boys who died in the Civil War, who wouldn't have had to fight that war Think of the blot on American history that wouldn't be there if, if Washington has, had listened and identified the prophetic voice that was at his dinner table that night at Mount Vernon. No, it's powerful. Um, yeah, it make, that's why I think that the stories are so powerful because it makes you aware that, you know, like George Washington, we have flaws. But what, what can we do to make sure that we're sensitive to those things. So I think it's a, it, it's, it's an incredible book and we could take all day and talk about the book. I've, you know, um, the lessons that you've brought out and the things that you're sharing are powerful. What would you say, you know, in, in kind of our last few moments, I would love for you to share just a couple of things, whether they're points or, or things you've already shared a lot that's so powerful, but, um, you know, a lot of the people that I'm talking to and encouraging them, you know, obviously these points we've already shared, they're important to living a life worth remembering, you know, a life that creates legacy, a life that, you know, years from now, you know, we're not talking about the mistakes and all of those things. We're talking about the things that they did. What are some things that you would say to any young man or young woman that is saying, hey, that's what I want to do? Well, of course, the, the most profound, obvious, and infallible way to hear from God is through his word. 
stay in the Word, read your Bible, listen to the Word of God. Having said that, make sure that in the vast cacophony of voices that demand your attention, the news, the voices, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's an army of voices crying out to you all the time, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Learn to dial out voices of, uh, that are contrary to the Spirit of God. And then learn to dial in and be sensitive to and listen to those voices. You can call them prophetic voices if you like. That's the, that's the concept I'm using in this book. But it's prophetic, small, small letter P, okay? I'm not, I'm not talking about Jeremiah coming in your closet. I'm talking about that sense of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, the application of Scripture, just to check, don't go there, don't do that. Um, or, hey, why don't you take this bold step? Why don't you try this? If you, if you dial in the right voices that are in, in sync with the Scripture of God and with the Spirit of God and learn to dial out the noise, you'll, you'll come to the end of your life, as Don always says, and have fewer regrets. Uh, you, you're not going to look back on a life that you wish you could forget rather than a life you can remember. And, and I, I, that's the, really the point of this book. David, for all of his sins, and, and, and listen, <laughs> he was serious, you know, adultery and murder, minor issues. But uh, David's great strength, the redeeming reality, was that when he heard the voice of prophetic authority, he recognized it, yielded to it, humbled himself, and obeyed. That's the secret of a life worth remembering. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I think, of, I think of times in my own life uh, where someone spoke into my life, my wife, my father, and they were turning points. And I'm so thankful that God, you know, yes, he's speaking through his word. Yes, through his Holy Spirit. But, you know, it's almost like you need other people. Yes. I'm going to have other people speaking into your life in, in a powerful way. Well, that's awesome. I wish we had more time to, to talk more. Maybe we can do something in the future. I'd love to, to uh, you know, I'm going to read. Uh, like I said, I was really attracted. I've got several of your books. I have the, the book on David, which was great. The Courage to be Healed. I was very intrigued on that book as well. But what, um, just to, we're going to share your, your website. We're going to share some links and at the end of the broadcast. And guys, I encourage you to go and check out uh, the writing and the uh, work of Dr. Rutland and uh, take a look at, uh, you know, not only his uh, material, but, uh, uh, you know, check out his, I think he has a podcast. We're going to put all that up at the end. But what's next for uh, for Dr. Rutland? Well, I'm I'm dabbling with a book right now, Don. I, we'll see if it goes anywhere. I've written two or three chapters, but it's such a radical departure from the previous nineteen that I, when you make that you know hard turn to starboard, you you just keep asking yourself, is this really? Am I doing the right thing here? So. I can't say I'm writing a book. I would say I'm experimenting with a new book. 
Well, that's awesome. Well, Dr. Rutland, in closing, would you mind praying for our listeners today? I would, I would love that if you would do that. Of course, it's an honor. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness and mercy usward generation after generation. We pray that you would give us wisdom to hear wisdom and know it. Give us humility to do what you want us to do and give us grace above all things for when we fail. I believe you for it. I thank you for it for all of these listeners and those who will ever see or hear this podcast. Bless Don and his work. In Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. Amen. Amen and amen. Dr. Rowland, thank you again so much for being on the broadcast today. I've so enjoyed it. I can't wait to go back and listen to it because there was so much within our little time together. Thank you. God bless you, my friend. Hey, everybody, listen, if you enjoyed this today and you have heard something, there's a couple of things I want to encourage you to do. First off, uh, go ahead and subscribe to Living a Life Worth Remembering. That is at Coach Don Newman on YouTube, and you can subscribe and hit the alert button. It's also on iTunes at Living a Life Worth Remembering. But please share this with other people because I know that there are people that need to hear what was shared today. And I just want to encourage you to take some of the things you've heard today. I, I so encourage you to get the book of Kings and Prophets and check out uh, the broadcast or podcast of what Dr. Rutland is doing. And, uh, and I pray that as we continue to meet uh, ever so often to share how to live a life worth remembering, that we're encouraging you to do that and to hear the voice of God and to be able to hear when he is saying, turn to the left or right, or don't turn to the left or right. And, and I speak a blessing over you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.